All right, church, I greet you this morning in the name of Jesus. I'm so glad that you are here today. And uh, there's been many things that have taken place in this week. Many questions asked. Many misgivings at times expressed. And as I saw to the heart of God, in fact, at one point I decided that I'm not even going to pray about it. Because I felt if you are a man of God, God will speak in your situation, in the prevailing conditions. And I believe God has adequately spoken that his word sometimes is never comfortable. It is not, the word of God is not here to lull us into a position of comfort. There will be a time when the word is confrontational. And in its conf confrontational, it is seeking to alert us. It is seeking to awaken us. It is seeking to announce a new season. And a new season is never with comfort because we do not know what tomorrow actually holds. Especially when we have become comfortable when we know exactly what is going to happen next. Because when you say, Lord, lead me, it means I really don't know what tomorrow holds. But I am going to hold on to you. I am going to trust you. That was an overriding word that came to me on Monday. It was, trust me. And each time I looked around, it would be, trust me. It came on three consecutive moments. And uh, I had to go to Eightfall and uh, had prepared myself to be there for half an hour. And I was there for an hour and a half. And in that hour and a half, it was waiting and in the waiting, I was occupied with what is next. And one of the things, one of the words that the Lord gave me was in uh, Philippians, where he said that, that which God has begun, he is able to bring to completion until Jesus comes. Now, until Jesus comes is a very long, long time. Peter will even say that questions were asked and uh, the religious folks were saying to them, you've been saying Jesus is coming back, but up to this point he hasn't come back. And I know right now when things seem to go all right, everybody is seeking that God, uh, Jesus will come back and end all the uncertainty. And I will come back again to my default setting that Jesus is not going to come to a weak and cowardice church. His bride has got to be ready. And in a readiness, I tell you what, it is not going to walking on a comfort zone. Because I realize that the church that has become comfortable is a church that has gone into backsliding. 
It is in the time of trial and tribulations that a church shines brighter. I see it over and over again. And uh, I am going to read a portion of scripture in, uh, in the book of uh, Exodus, which I, I hope to highlight my thoughts. I'm not going to finish the, 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 my thoughts on uh, the things that have been uh, constantly being raised with me in this week. But I'm hoping that the provocation of God's word is going to bring us to a place where we need to answer those things that are deep inside of us. I realize from Luke chapter 7 that it was at the entrance of a woman that was despised by those who were self-righteous Pharisees. That's what they stood for. And in her entrance, in her doing what she did, she provoked the Pharisee to face up to what was actually inside of him. And so there are some things that, that will happen. I don't want you to lose heart and be like children and throw your toys out of the cot and want to run. Because if you are running, it means you have made a decision long before. You are waiting for an opportunity to see how you can express what your thoughts are. I find that uh, people react out of what they have been imbibing. I, read, I, I wrote here meditation through the spectacles of the condition of our heart will produce what is in our heart. That which is in the heart depends on the diet we feed on. What we chew on will nourish our view of things and how we interpret things that takes place. And that will form oh, the formation of our movements. It's important when it comes to the things of God what your diet consists of. I find that there are many disgusting things on the media. I mean, everything in this year could go as bad as it has gone. We are having satanic churches opening up simply because of let live attitude. And lots of people are reading into those things and undermining our faith. That's why the word of God says, if God does not intervene, even the very elect will be uh, fooled. And so you, you, you need to take extra care about your election. Your election simply means that you're answering to a good conscience and coming to Christ. I make no excuses for any mistakes that I have made. If you feel that you need to censure me for the mistakes I have made, I have no qualms about that. But when you begin to question your salvation, then I have big issues about it. And I began to think if we ever, I don't know any of you, if you have ever been foolish like me, 
when you say, Lord, lead me. And then you still want to stay in control. For me, it's foolishness when you ask somebody to lead you because you don't know where you are going. And then you want to tell them how to lead you. It's okay if you have uh, uh, asked an underling to take you. But if you have taken somebody in authority and you said, lead me. I see when we were in Israel, I can just imagine if I told Pilar or I told John and said to them, you know, you guys don't know where you're leading us. I'll take over and lead you. I don't know the territory. They knew. And so we had to sit back and just allow them to take us. Places perhaps, I mean, uh, places that we would have loved to have gone to, but it was not on the itinerary. Why? Because it wasn't a season for that. And uh, a direction that God would lead. I think I said this here a couple of weeks ago. I said, if you allow God, I did say this. I said, if you allow God to lead you, he might not lead you to the places that you want to go to. He would lead you where you need to go to. Amen. Okay, so let's just look at scripture, please. Exodus 13. I'm just asking you to be open. Just open your heart, because it is a new season, guys. It is a new season. You can see it. You can smell it. There is plans underfoot that are subtle, that if you are not aware the enemy has a desire to shut the church. Whatever legitimate means, it is seeking to enforce. But the church is in danger of being relegated to the back burner simply because chaos needs to reign on the earth. And the Spirit of God says, he who lets would let until until the church rises up and repossess her position again. Telling you when the challenges come, there's no point. But anyway, let let me just use scripture. You know the story of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And I had to say, um, some of us do not understand how God has taken care of us. You really don't understand how he has kept you. You know, there was somebody that wrote, it was like a joke. I, I, I just heard uh, uh, them talking about it. That some people did not save anything for December because they did not think they would be here. You know, it sounds like a joke. But uh, it is real in some people's lives. They really did not believe that they would be here now. And they decided that maybe let's just enjoy ourselves because it is our last moment. And I can imagine even in a time of Noah, like those that that are running towards the rapture, the time of Noah, he was given instruction. It took him 100 years to build. You know, this, this is not a stroll in the park when you walk with God. You've got to learn how to think long term. You have to learn how to stay in God's plan and not in your plans. Yes, you must make plans for yourself, but they must be in keeping with what God has prophetically spoken over your own life. You know the things that resonate in your spirit, man. You can argue about yourself, how wicked you are, how ill-prepared you are, how out of place you are. 
But you know that is centrally focused inside your inner man. You know who you are. You have to learn how to hold on to that reality that to God I matter. But if you have come to that place where you have pushed yourself so low down, you have allowed circumstances to bring you so low down, you have to come around people that uh, are able to encourage you. You cannot sit in front of television or front of Facebook and YouTube and think you can encourage yourself. Those things that do not know your lifestyle, you cannot relate, you cannot get answers from them. You can only draw answers that you want and at times you can agree with what the enemy, where the enemy is leading you to. A human touch is important. A human voice is important. God used a human voice. If there was no human voice, then he will use a donkey. But God will always use a voice. Read Psalms 19, you will hear the voice of the sound that went out throughout the earth. There's a voice in everything. They, yes, it might come in a whisper, but there is a voice. There is a, God is consistent in using a voice. Even in a dream, there will be a voice. Verse 17 of Exodus 13. It says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people of God go, that God led them not the way of the land of the Philistines, although, although that was a near, it was a shorter way. For God said, Lest adventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. God made a decision when he took the children of Israel out of Egypt. But it is not as we read scripture he took them out of Egypt. There was a war that that took place. There was a whole lot of things that, that took place. I don't know, I didn't research how long it took when Moses moved in and he said, God said, let my people go. There's a whole lot of history that went on there with all the plays that went on, the arguments that went on, the presentation of the magicians and Moses' stick having the ability to swallow up all the sticks of Pharaoh's magicians. God is simply saying, I will show you the power and the authority that I possess because it has been 400 years that you have been under the cosh of the enemy. And therefore, I need to bring you back to myself. And uh, you need to understand that even in the time when they were under Pharaoh's rule and his uh, authority and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Pharaoh having to exert pressure on them that they do manual labor in a hope that they will miscarry.
Miss Carrie is speaking about aborting the purposes of God. Right now, the enemy wants most of you to abort God's plans and God's purpose for your own life. You have uh, diverted to the philosophy of man. You are digressing from what God says because it is expedient for now to fix things. So we try means that are outside of God's plan. But God remains faithful. I think we have said it over and over again, uh, even at a time, God, when I wasn't faithful, but you remain faithful. When I lost my way, you did not lose your grip on me. You, you held me, you held me. Against my own understanding of things, you still kept me. Don't you dare tell me that there was not a time that you, you wanted to turn away from God. Don't you dare say there was a time that uh, you couldn't even pray. Don't tell me. Because I'll tell you, you're a liar. We all go through those moments. But God remains faithful. So when uh, the Bible says you have been bought with a price, you have been bought with a price. God said, I'm going to take them the long way. Because the long way is going to give them time to get to know who I am. And we want to get there. We want to get there now. And God says, no, I need to teach you my ways. So I'll take you the long way. <laughs> Verse 18, but God led them led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Where I looked at that word, I'm saying harnessed, and I'm thinking, oh God, look at that. And they were tied together, where they still in slavery again. And then I looked, at, I looked up that word, and it just simply means they walked in rank and file. They walked five, five, five. It was orderly. It was orderly. It was directional. It was controlled. It was, uh, uh, they, they, there was harmony in their walk. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. So after 400 years, they still knew the instructions that Joseph had left with the children of Israel. This was generations late, 400 years. They still knew that Joseph said, do not leave my bones in this place. I want to be amongst the number when the resurrection time arrives that I will be in the right place and not in a strange land like they were in Babylon. How could they require of us to sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Same situation. Joseph said to them, take my bones home. And they took their journey from Sakut and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them on the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. You know, 
God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He goes, he went with them. He goes with them. You know, I, I, I want you to picture the scenario of how he walked with them. He led them by night. He led them by day. But there will come a time when they come into the, the end of the desert. He said, then I am going to do that which my intention is to do in the future. I am going to place you in a place where you don't see a way out of this. When you find yourself in an enclave, there is no way of escape. He says, then I am going to cause your enemies to come to chase after you, and they are going to come because they're going to say to themselves, the way of escape has been shut to them. Now is our opportunity to take our revenge on these people. How dare they? They have served us for 400 years and now they're running away from us. Who is going to do the manual labor? We have to bring them back. And so God leads them in this place here and they are shut down and there's a desert this side, there's a sea on this side here. No way out. And Pharaoh says, here's my opportunity. Of course, some of them will rise up to uh, Moses. In fact, it says uh, they cried out to God. They turned to Moses and say, was there not enough graves in, in Egypt that you brought us to die in this place here? And I love the way Moses answers him. <sighs> Where am I? Verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 11. It says, And they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Did you not understand when we said, leave us alone? Sometimes we will get a word that is going to goad us, it's going to dig us. And it might be said, why don't you just leave us the way we are? Why things have to change? Things have got to change. Because you said, you confess with your mouth, God's mercies are new every morning. You see that. You know that. Verse 12, they said, is not this the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians, for it has been better for us to serve the Egyptians than for us to come and die in the wilderness. And I love what Moses says. You find yourself in a corner. It is the right place for you when you are in God's plan. Because listen to verse 13. It says, And Moses said to the, uh, to the people, Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he has showed you, is going to show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again. No more, forever. That, it, it, Moses didn't say all the Egyptians. He said those that are pursuing you. The troubles that are pursuing you, 
When you would learn to place those things in God's hand, God is saying, trust me and follow my instructions for I am going to bring you to a place where you are going to see your enemies stop pursuing you. You have been trying to fix things your way and doing it by yourself. God says, it is time you harness my authority, you harness my word, and I will deliver you from this. Otherwise, God is not God if he's going to leave us to suffer perpetually when we have called upon his name. Otherwise, then why would he say, call upon my name and I will answer you in your day of trouble? If there will be no trouble, why would he say that? Why would the, the word says in our time of trouble, God will answer in our time of trouble. Yes, he will. Verse 14, for the Lord shall fight for you and he shall hold you and you shall hold your peace. I love that. You shall hold your peace. In other words, be comforted in the reality that I will take care of you. Only trust me. Only trust me. If God had taken the children of Israel in the easy route, they would not have seen the salvation of God. They would not have seen their enemies perish. They would not have had a song to sing in the next chapter. For Moses in chapter 15, Moses will sing a song. And he said, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and he is my song. And he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father God and I will exalt him. I thought the musicians done such a beautiful job. I don't know. I've never heard that song before. I don't know where it originated from. But I thought you guys done such a beautiful job. Yes. Such a beautiful job. I was afraid when I said sing it again that you might lose the essence of the way you sang it the first time. And I'm standing there apprehensive because I said uh, to Leonard, let's record this. Because I thought it speaks so deeply into each and every one of us that we need to learn how to give God worship. It is us giving God worship that makes a difference in our own lives. And child of God, I must remind you again, when you give worship to God, it is not only for your benefit, it is for everybody around you. Everybody that knows you, everybody that will come across you. I've begun to understand the authority of God that rests in the child of God. It's not maybe even when you feel like God's anointing has left me, but I understand now that 
the nature of God does not run away from you because you have run from God. It will take many years for that to finally die on you. Because God, the word of God says that God's gifts are without repentance. That is why so many people who have the gift of the gab, they can rattle off everything even when they're in a backslidden position. Because the gifts of God are without the repentance. He doesn't give things and then he says, no, 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 you've been a naughty boy today, I'll take it away from you. Oh, yes, there might be consequences for our stupidity. Oh, yes, we are accountable for our own actions. But the word of God says, repent. Repent. Turn away. Otherwise, it's going to become sin when you keep doing it again and again and again. A mistake will become a sin. And so... God has provided a way out. There's no need for a child of God to remain in the doldrums. Moses will sing a song of celebrating the victory that he had just seen. I mean, it's not to say God had not seen, at least Moses had not seen God at work in his own life. He had seen it. As much as he tried to hide, God, I can't speak. You know, I stammer. I'm not going to be able to communicate. God uh, 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 always provides for him. He says, I have placed my authority in you, Moses. I can't now turn back and go and look for somebody else. You, the man I have appointed for the season, it is just for you to rise up to, your, to the position. If you feel that you can't do certain tasks, then I will raise men who are going to work with you in any case. doesn't matter the, the, the muttering that you might be going through. I have appointed you and therefore I have anointed you for a time such as this. So get up, Moses, and go and do what I've told you to do. Get up, Moses. Go and do what I've told you to do. Don't keep finding excuses why you are inadequate. There's no need for it. No need for it. God has chosen you. Moses takes a position that I will build you a habitation. In other words, in my heart, you will take precedent. In my heart, you will take center stage. Because I have seen the mighty deliverance. I saw you, how you put us into quarantine. Quarantine the whole area. Angel of death, wind pass. You and I are still here. Even in the shadow of COVID-19, which is a, a, a secret agent of the enemy, you are still here. I said to Marty sitting there, I said, uh, uh, maybe we can take our mask off. Surely the musician can't spit far enough for... Uh, <laughs> said, okay, when we get into close proximity, we need to just... You know, somebody said to me, uh, uh, you can shake my hands, I don't have corona. I said to him, how do you know that I don't have corona? So it is safety for everybody. Yes, we must keep our masks on. But we're not hiding from this thing yet. We're not going to shake and uh, hide away into the corner. You know, if it's time for, for us to migrate into the presence of God, 
we will not come to God unannounced. Amen? Amen. Please understand this year. You will not come before God unannounced. You will not surprise God, in other words. You won't get there and God says, how, how did you get here? It wasn't your time. No, no, no. A believer will only get into the presence of God when God has said yes. You're not going to be put into quarantine and say, well, it wasn't your time. You go and wait there. This is your waiting place. And so Moses says, I will, having seen the things that you have done, God, how you protected us, not only just protected us, you are sending an example. Because he he would say, I think it's uh, Exodus 12. He says, now I want to show you that I I make a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelis, Israelites. Not the difference that uh, I am against one and for the other. He said those, he says those that would adhere to my voice, they would be quarantined in the time of trouble. You will be kept safe, safe in the time of t- turmoil. If you have a problem with that, you have to address it with God. That's, I'm just telling you what scripture says. But get yourself into God. Don't worry about philosophy. Don't worry about the denials of Christ, whether he came or he didn't come on the earth. He did. That's why you are here today. And just finally, I want to say to you, do not harden your hearts. It was very interesting for me to read uh, Genesis 41, where Pharaoh is standing, uh, he has a dream and he's standing by the riverside and he sees uh, the fat animals coming out of the river, out of the water actually it says, not the river, out of the water. And in another seven, uh, uh, lean ones then will come out of the water again. And then it will be verse 20. Was it chapter 20, uh, verse 21? Yeah. Where it says, even though that seven lean ones ate up the well-favored ones, there was no evidence that they had eaten up the fat ones. The thin ones ate the fat ones, but there was no difference in them. In other words, they didn't get fatter because they had uh, eaten all these. Yeah. Simply understanding that uh, when you eat out of spite, that was my take. You eat out of spite. Now, I'm not talking about physical eating now. I'm talking about when we peruse the word of God because we are looking for weaponry. 
It's not going to add it to your stature. As I said last week, the, the man said that uh, the essence of God or the demonstration of who God is, it is love. The only way you can demonstrate who God is is by loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Love those that are not beneficial to you. Love those that that are not going to love you back. (laughs) It's a difficult position. I had my grandchildren uh, um, for a long, long time this week. And we loved each other deeply. And I, I don't know, each time they walk past me, they would throw their arms around me. Or they will turn and just hug me like that. I felt like a man well honored. But they could do that because they know I love them back. I could do that to them because I know they will love me back. Imagine now doing that to somebody that is ready to scratch you. Not to scratch you where you are itchy, but to scratch you where they're going to bring harm to you. But that's what God instructs us to do. And for me, it's, for our, it's simply for our benefit. Love them anyway. Because it is only through love that you will win them over. It is said in the word of God that uh, if you are a believing spouse and the other is not a believer and you are inclined to live with them, don't divorce them because ah, you are not a believer. I'm walking away from you. Love them. Because uh, how do you know that in your loving them, you can turn them to Christ? That's when it's close, when it comes close home. It's another matter when it, go, it comes to somebody outside there. And yet I find that it costs nothing to be kind to somebody out there.